get some prayer. Felt like the Lord's hand is on those three things. If you need any prayer whatsoever, they'll always pray for any of that. Um, so you have, you have your announcements, um, um, and so we're not going to go back over them. Uh, Tulio talked about them. Uh, it's been an awesome week. We had uh, seven of us that went up to West Virginia for uh, I, I went for three days with my two kids, and Jeff Belshan went with for five days with his t- two of his kids. And Brandon came up. Brandon and Simone came up in the middle of the week, and so we just had a good time. We were able to impact at least five different houses, uh, five different families. Um, we were able to work on or complete uh, getting the. I mean, basically, if you you know, I was trying to think of this. If you took the town of Floyd and put it under five feet of water, that's what you would you you'd be uh, interacting with. So we went to Raynell. West Virginia, and the whole town was five foot underwater, and every, everything was just devastated. Um, they're kind of in a little lull, and they just got all the mountains, everything just came down with water. So uh, we were able to do that, and then took several of us, went up to 2016, together 2016 yesterday, and last night, I'm like, man, I'm a traveling person, man. Now just get, put me on up, give me a bus or something. But um, anyway, um, it was great. It got shut down early because it was only, only about 100 degrees right there on the midfield there, so they shut that down early. But um, we have um, Michael and Heather Montgomery. They're um, some mission. well, we call them missionaries. They're, they've been living there for a while, so maybe they don't consider themselves missionaries anymore. They still are. Uh, but they're a part of our family, part of our church. Um, um, probably what, y'all moved there seven, eight years ago? Six? Five, okay. I was trying to, you know how you kind of just ex- explode that, but five years ago, and um, I'm going to have Michael, y'all come, uh, Michael, Heather, Young. I don't know if both of you are going to share or not, but they're going to, this is their whole family. Um, they're going to come and just share a few minutes just of what they're doing. Uh, they got a quick video, and they're going to just share a few minutes and just how we can love on them and support them and um, so I'm going to turn it over to them because I, I can't even pr- begin to pronounce that name where you guys live. <laughs> so I'll let y'all have it. Good morning. As Mitch said, I'm Michael Montgomery, and this is my beautiful wife, Heather, and our four lovely daughters, Veronica, Carrie, Elena, and Andrea. Um, so, as Mitch said, we are missionaries in Guatemala, which is a country in Central America, just southeast of Mexico. And we attended Dwelling Place from 2004 to 2007. So, it's been a while, but in our hearts, we're very much still a part of Dwelling Place. I was, uh, Heather's parents are Richard and Karen Dugan. So. And... Actually, during that time, I was uh, recovering from a sickness, so I would come to church every Sunday and lie down, Uh, so it's really nice to be standing up, standing up here today. What does the scripture say? The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet, and it's nice to be on the winning team. Um, We have lived for five years in Chichicastenango which is a town in the western highlands of Guatemala. Um, 40% of Guatemalans are Mayans, and they have actually lived in that part of the world for three to 4,000 years. Um, in our area, 99% of the people are Mayans. They speak a dialect of Quiche, which is one of 23 
official languages in Guatemala besides Spanish, the national language. Uh, also in our area, almost half of the people are under 15 years of age. So we have lots and lots of children. Uh, the motto of Chichi Castenango is Espiritualidad en Armonía, which means spirituality in harmony. And ever since the Spanish came in the 1500s, Christianity has been mixed with elements of the traditional Mayan religion. So we really just want to see people worshiping Jesus and Jesus alone. Uh, there are approximately 150,000 speakers of the local dialect of Quiche, which we are trying to learn, uh, but no Bible. So our first, first goal is to translate the Bible into Chichicastenango Quiche. Uh, we have a Quiche dictionary in process, a grammar outline, and as for the translation, I have a draft of Luke chapter 15. So that's where we stand. And our second goal is to minister to children. As I said, there are lots and lots of children where we live. They're often neglected. And Heather has been teaching worship dancing in our church that we're a part of down there. And Carrie's been our English teacher. She's given, taught lots and lots of English classes. And Elena is helping special needs children at a school uh, run by another ministry down there. So whatever way God leads us, we want to minister to children. And two years ago, we bought land in a community called Chulumal Segundo, which is part of the larger municipality of Chichicastenango. Uh, it's about a third of an acre. It was a cornfield, and we were in the process of building a hopefully earthquake-resistant steel frame ministry building, as well as a classroom building. So we have a short video we want to show you so you can get an idea of what it looks like where we live.
So there were, uh, should have been flyers on the chairs when you came in about a longer presentation uh, with time for questions and answers uh, that I'm going to be giving on Friday, July 29th at 7 p.m. at Richard and Karen Dugan's house, just 2404 Capistrano Street in Blacksburg. And we are so grateful for those of you who do support us. You're the ones that keep us on the mission field. But we do need more ongoing regular support. Uh, also, bigger one-time donations for construction are much appreciated. We have in the foyer, there's a table with prayer cards and, and with information on where to send tax-deductible donations. And if you want our newsletters, which we send out four times a year, please sign. There's a sign-up sheet. Please give us your address. So we are so grateful. Uh, for your prayers and your support, and we just love you guys. We're just going to pray over them, and uh, so maybe a couple of the elders and Richard and Karen can come up and just. Uh, I'm just. I was just so impressed. You know, this they've taken their family and just absorbed into the community uh, there. I, I still can't say that name, so I'm not even going to try. Uh, Chi-Chi, that's what I, is it Chi-Chi? Yeah, we just got Chi-Chi. Uh, Chi-Chi. Um, so, you know, just uh, how they've just given their lives for the gospel. I mean, that's just, that's the heart. And so let's just pray for them and pray that for them as a family. Lord, we just thank you for Michael and Heather, this beautiful family, God, that they've taken their family and, and really just uh, walking with the, the people there in Chi-Chi that place and so Lord we just thank you Father for your faithfulness to them thank you for even just Lord just seeing that construction God just a, a blessing Lord just that it'll be a place of ministry a place of life a place of just a hope for this community Lord and in a, a place where it's very uh, has been mixed it's kind of been the Lord just thrown in there Christianity has been kind of thrown in there as a good thing but God we thank you that they're taking it uh, to another level it's the only thing it's God thing it is it is Christ Jesus Christ and him alone Lord that saves and so Lord we just ask in Jesus name you grant them favor and open doors God to continue to love and minister and give life to these uh, people uh, there in Guatemala we just thank you for their heart we just thank you for the voice that they have, and we just pray it would continue to speak loud, Lord, in the midst of that uh, place that they're in. And so, Lord, we love you. We thank you, and continue just to give them, Lord, the support, and Lord, just the ministry, the things that they, that just uh, pour out, just people, Lord God, just bring people alongside them, and Lord, even give them favor in this translation of the Bible, God. We just pray that. God, it would be a first of firsts in that place. And so, Lord, we thank you for the Montgomery's. And Lord, we just bless them. And we honor and we thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. And while you're thinking about supporting these guys, this K'iche' is not a written language. So there is no language written. Um, so Michael is making a dictionary and so not only does he need to get it down into some kind of a language which he may I, I don't know how many symbols he has to make up for the special sounds they have um, I haven't asked him that but um, it's that's quite a challenge and <clears throat> he has turned over his first chapter to a local minister and helped him understand some of the, the words there which he couldn't read but it'll be a challenge, and, and uh, hopefully they'll bring the, the word of the Lord to those people who, at this point, 
have nothing that they can read in their own language. So it's a, it's a real blessing to us to be a part of that, and, and I'm sure to all of his supporters too. So God bless. Okay. Um, good morning. How you guys doing? I want to tell you about something really exciting coming up. Um, if you, how many of you have been to Stepping Out before? Raise your hand. Awesome. If you haven't been, now's the year to go. It's it's great. It's kind of a annual thing every year. First weekend in August, Friday and Saturday, um, people flood the downtown. They block off the downtown streets in Blacksburg, set up booths, and there's a community section of booths where you can go. Uh, we're, we're, Dwelling Place has a booth for the second year in a row. Let me hear that. Come on. Woo! It's going to be awesome. So uh, if you're interested in signing up to, to come and hang out, I mean, we need people to just be there, to smile at people. You know, if you're smiling at people, you're sharing the gospel. Show me your teeth right now. Let's see them. You just shared the gospel with me. That's good news right there. Um, so we need people to smile. We need people that would be there to, to pray for people. I mean, we, last year we had amazing, amazing encounters. So you'll hear more information about that, but I think we have a clipboard that's going to go around and you can sign up for information or just look for that um, coming, okay? Uh, and then I want to qu- share a quick testimony. Um, there was a word that came forth about difficulty with breathing. Is that right? This morning? Um, so... A couple weeks ago, some of you might have seen this on Facebook, but I'm, I met a couple, really, really sweet couple in our community. They were coming out of um, Kmart at the time, and the husband was pushing his wife in a wheelchair with his right hand, and he was pushing his four-year-old daughter in a wheelchair with his left hand, and he was juggling his six-year-old daughter who was climbing on his leg, um, and he was, you know, groceries, trying to get to the car. So I just hopped out real quick. I said, hey, can I help you? I hop out and I push her, and he said, yeah, grab whatever wheelchair you can. It would be great. So we go across the parking lot, get them uh, settled. I get them to the car, and then I've got a car full of uh, boys. So I go back to my car, and I'm driving around, and I'm telling you what, I'm not feeling like evangelistic at this moment. I'm feeling like I just want my kids to be happy. I want to stay in my air-conditioned car. And, uh, you know, I just want to keep moving on. And, um, but I started getting a tug on my heart, like maybe I should go back and pray for them. And, guys, I've come to this place in my life where, you know, it's, I, I tell you it's testimonies, and I get to share stories of the th- some cool things that God does. But um, every single time that I have an encounter with somebody, it's a, ch- it's a choice. Every single time. And a lot of times it's not something that I'm, like, excited about, to be honest with you. Um, I, I am excited about the testimony afterwards, um, but right up, up front, it's not always something that's like, wow, this is going to be amazing. It's, no, this is going to be awkward. I'm going to go talk to them and, and, uh, and say, hey, can I pray for you? And I don't know if I'm going to offend them. I don't know if I'm going to step on their toes or, you know, they're out there trying to pack their car. They're probably in a hurry. And I made a million excuses why I shouldn't go and, and talk to them. And then I realized, man, I don't want to regret this later. And so I had a struck up a conversation with her, and I said, "Can I pray for you, and uh, the, the wife?" And she said, "I would love it if you would. I've been I'm in end stage COPD. I've been given till possibly Christmas. Probably not going to make it until Christmas." Um, and so 
we've been in connection with them over the last couple weeks. And she, you know what's amazing? I'll share the testimony of this. We just prayed for a very simple prayer, and we've just been in contact with her, texting mostly. Um, but then we visited her once, and she's just said that her, her faith in the Lord was, was done. And she said in that moment, those encounters, that now she has a restored faith in God. Just because of a simple like going up and offering to pray for somebody. It's really simple. And so, that's just powerful. But um, she is dying right now. She's literally dying. Uh, she texted me this morning. She said her oxygen was at a level 8, and she still can't breathe. And um, so... I just want to pray. I want to invite you as a body to pray with me and believe that she's not going to um, be shut down before Christmas, that she will get to spend Christmas with Sophie um, and her other daughter, and it will be a sweet time, and she will see the redemption of the Lord in the land of the living. And so I really believe that we can see a miraculous healing. So would you guys just pray with me? If you would, just join hands, grab the neighbor or somebody, we family. Her name is Leela, Leela, and her husband's name is Matt. So Jesus, we just come before your throne of grace right now. We lift up Leela and Matt before you in the heavenlies right now, Lord. We position ourselves right in front of your throne. God, we put ourselves at the foot of the cross. Jesus, where you bore all of our sin and you took all of our pain, you took all of our sickness and disease, God. We just place, we just wheel Leela before you right now in the Spirit. We just ask you right now, would you just, um, we just speak to our body right now in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus and by the power and authority that's given to us in Jesus and through Jesus, we just speak life over your body right now in Jesus' name. We speak breath of life, fill your lungs. We command COPD to go in Jesus' name. Asthmatic symptoms go in Jesus' name. Lord, cancer go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we speak life abundant. We declare that today you will live and not die. You will see the land of the living. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you for just the blessing of getting to know that family, for connecting them with our body, with our family. And Lord, open our eyes, open our hearts and our ears to how we can love them and just and serve them and bless them in this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Amen. Yeah. Is this on? Is this on? Yeah. Yeah, there's a, if you didn't, there's a Facebook page, right, Joe? Yes. How about uh, that? No, GoFundMe go page campaign. They're raising, uh, they're raising money for her bucket list. They're preparing for her to die, and so they're saying, we want to do these few things before she dies. So uh, I've sent that out on Facebook. I'll share it again. I've, I'm making a challenge, and I really want to challenge this body. Um, I've said, I'm going to, anybody who will go and donate $10, you can message me and challenge me to do whatever it is. I will show up on Sunday with a tutu. I will shave my head in a balding pattern. I mean, those are a couple of examples. You guys are more creative than me. And so, <laughs> Michelle. 
I know. So I'm gonna I'm doing that challenge. Donate ten bucks. Ten bucks, that's it. Ten bucks. And um and then come back and challenge me. And then I'm gonna put all the challenges down. And if you go donate five more bucks, you can vote. Alright? And then whoever whatever challenge gets the most votes will win. And I will be made a fool of for her. I like it. I like it. Uh, this short word that God gave us, uh, Simonis called me about on Friday, said, I'm going to go to D.C. I'm going to go D- going to D.C., get a chance to go to D.C. And I uh, said, can you preach Sunday? And I said, well, yeah, because you know, God's always getting. And so we met on Friday. I met on Friday morning with, uh, with uh, Jared and Leanne, and, and we were just hearing the Lord, and God started speaking some things. And... Uh, is this thing, it's down? Okay, how about that? Is that better? Okay. Okay. All right, is that it? Yeah, hallelujah, that's good. Thank you, Jesus. I'm sure Jesus didn't have to deal with this on the Sermon of the Mount, did he? Yeah. But anyway, um, God started speaking some stuff, and what he was speaking some stuff was in relationship to some of the stuff that has been transpiring in our world today. And you see, if you don't have a, hand, if you don't have a handout, Swift, you'll back there in the back. Uh, raise your hand if you would, please, and he'll be glad to get to you. But, you know, this, we're in a crazy season of uncertainty in the world. And, uh, and it's, you know, it's just crazy. I mean... You know, the things that happened out in Dallas, the things that's happened in other, other, other cities in our country, what happened in Nice, France, what was transpiring in, in Turkey this last weekend. It's just crazy time. And, uh, and there's so much happening in the spiritual realm that it can have an effect on you without even really knowing what's going on. And God just really was speaking to me, Rick, as a leader, to speak into our body that difficult times are ahead. Now, you know me, I'm not much of a, a naysayer, but there are some very interesting times that we have ahead. You remember in 2008, the Lord gave me the, year, the word that God gave me for that year was adversity. Well, guess what happened in 2008? You know, we had adversity in 2008. We had this when we had the real estate banking crash. Well, you know, I tell you this, that I really feel like in the spirit that God's telling us that we have times of uncertainty ahead. And how do we deal with this? And there's some passage of scripture that God wants us to speak in the midst of this. First thing is it, it prophesies this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1. It says that, uh, you know, that in the last days, difficult times will come. So it's spoken in the word. And I do believe we're in the last days. I do. I really believe that with all my heart. In a good way, because I'm just so excited about just seeing Jesus face to face. That is just a cool thing for me. You know, Jesus said in John 16, 33, These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace, but in the world you will have what? Tribulation. Now, I know that's a general term, and, and you know how, I, how, I, how many of you heard me say this before, but I believe that this age that we're in now is the tribulation period, not seven years of wrath and judgment, the seven years of wrath and judgment, which are spoken of in the book of Revelation. But this period of time we're in now is a period of, of tribulation. 
in Acts chapter 14, it, Jesus, I mean, we're, we hear and read there that it is through much tribulation you enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus declares in this time, notice what it says in 1633, in this world you have tribulation. That's not plural, it is what? Singular. So, you know, in 2nd, uh, what is it, 1st uh, Thessalonians chapter 3, verse verse. Verses 1 through 3, where Paul makes a statement. He said, you know, I told you that we were destined for tribulation. But the interesting thing is, is that more as time, these birth pains of, of, of the reality of last days start occurring, just like when Paula was pregnant with Shay, and the closer it came to the time of birth, the birth pains become more intense and more uh, uh, frequent. Correct? Is that a good term to say? Uh, I watched. Yeah, so. And so she was the hero. She was the man in the place. And, you know, even those are realities. Those are prophesied for us. I love what Psalm 27, 13 says. You know, I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. What? In the land of the living. Like Joe prayed earlier. And that's our heart. You know, even though there may be times of uncertainty, the reality is we have Jesus. John 16, says, you know, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you have tribulations, but be of good cheer. I have what? Overcome the world. And 1 John 5, 4 says, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. So even though there may be times of uncertainty on one side, y'all, there is an opportunity to overcome how we overcome these circumstances is critical. Just because we say we know, name the name of Jesus does not automatically mean we overcome, just, just flippantly happen. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Karen Marie was telling me a, a testimony of a, of a region she had went to and, and preached. I mean, or ministered to, she preached. I'm Karen Marie, she preaches. But she was telling me that she, where she went to in, a, in Africa where um, that there were 13 pastors that were in this, this region. And when Idi Amin came in and came to power, Idi Amin and his crew in this particular region gathered all these pastors together and say, all of them, and says, we give you an opportunity to renounce your faith. And 13 of them, I mean, I mean 11 of the 13 renounced Jesus and the other two um, Two said, no, we will not. And right there, they shot and killed one of them, and they shot and killed, shot the other one three times. I mean, it's crazy how they shot him. And they threw him in a grave, supposing he was dead, and literally crawled out of the grave and crawled about three or four miles, a, a serious number of miles, to where the guy today is the head of an orphanage wow. in Uganda. I mean, this guy, you can't kill him, you know, <laughs> literally. But, but through this guy overcoming mentality, which is awesome, which is awesome. But for us, you know, God is calling us to realize that times of uncertainty are, are arising, are coming. How do we overcome? Yeah, through faith. But what generates this faith? And it's very, very important for us to... Pick this up. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 13. Jared spoke this to Leanne and I Friday, and when he spoke it, I'm going, oh, man, this is, this is word from heaven. And, uh, and so 
if they get something to add to it, they know feel free to stand up and add to it. But in 13, you know, this, as Jesus is to the disciples, also is Jesus to us in our time. Jesus tells them in verse 21 a very traumatic thing. He says, he says, when Jesus had said this, he had become troubled in spirit. And, and he testified and said, truly, truly, I say to you that one of you will betray me. So he's sitting there with his 12, and he's teaching about reality that he's going to die on the cross. But that's not really hitting them until he says to them, one of you sitting in this room right here, one of the 12, you're going to betray me. Now that shakes them up. And if it's going on, watch in 21, it says, the disciples began looking at one another at a loss, which one is, of which one, which one was he speaking? There he was reclining on Jesus's, there was one reclining on Jesus's breast, one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. We know that's John. Simon therefore gestured to him and said to him, tell us who it is of whom he is speaking. And leaning back thus on Jesus' breast, he said to him, Lord, who is it? And then Jesus answered, This is the one through whom I dipped the morsel and give it to him. And so when he had dipped the morsel, he took it and gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. Then Satan then entered him, and therefore go and do what you do quickly. This is an interesting thing. Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me. He's getting ready to go through the cross. I mean, crazy situation and scenario. So it's a troubling situation. But it is interesting to me that in verse 24, Peter asked John, who's he talking about? Why did not Peter talk to Jesus himself? But why? Why does John go to Peter? I mean, why does Peter go to John? Because John was the one leaning in the heart of Jesus. See, you know, the Christian circles have had many, you know, uh, periods of time where the Holy Spirit does different things. God does different things. You know, in the early 1900s, Azuzu Street just exploded on the scene and God did some really phenomenal things. You know, in the you know, 60s and the 70s, being born again was the thing, you know, and man, massive revival happened. The, um, what was it, stuff in California? It was called People General. Oh, I can't remember the phrase, was it? Jesus People. Yeah, Jesus People. I mean, it's a crazy thing. It was a crazy period of time. And uh, I mean, then the prophetic movement and, you know, just a bunch of different movements would occur. Jesus is coming movement, you know, I mean, that was in the 70s too, you know. A thief in the fight night movie, you know, you, you, everybody gets saved or you, you know, you scare, literally scare the hell out of you, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> you know? So, you know, I mean, these different things. Well, you know, what the interesting thing is, is I was praying about this, the Lord is speaking to me. In this time, in this season, it's all about intimacy. It's all about my heart. And there's this theme here that the people that will endure and people will be able to stand as the people that our head are on Jesus' breast. Now, this word breast here is not a word that referring to, you know, anything, uh, uh, sexual organs or anything like that or mammary glands or whatever, but it's talking about the heart. It's talking about light right here. 
In fact, man, I really about lost it this morning when I, you know, this is so intense on my heart. And Simonis is up here, you know, just worshiping the Lord. And all of a sudden, Ken's comes over. Where's Ken's? Where's Ken's? Sitting back in the back with the kids. Come here, Ken's. Come here, Mitch. I mean, this is what, this is what I saw. Only they were facing this way and do what you were doing. That's what they were doing. That's what John was doing with Jesus. In that place, in that intimacy, is where G, J, P, John is there, and Peter recognizes something about this. And Peter's recognizing that he's, John's got something. He knows something he does not know. And so there's the imitation for us. It's what I call in this word R&R. And it's not rest and relaxation. It's relationship and revelation. And so if you get anything you want to add into it, you know, feel free to jump in. So, so what I want to share with this, this real quick is that there's this invitation that Jesus is, is like that Misty Edwards song, arms wide open, heart exposed. And literally where you can come I, must, I said literally you can come and put your head into the chest, the breast of Jesus, our Heavenly Father. You go, how, how can that be? That's in the Spirit. You read, flip, you read Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us come with confidence to the what? Throne of grace. Okay, that used a real big spiritual term. Or how about Hebrews 10, 19? Since we have confidence to enter the most holy place. Where is that at? That's the heart of God. The most holy place for me in my relationship with Paul is there. Nobody else goes there, just me. That's that place of intimacy. That's where the heart beat comes. It says in, in, X, in Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15, there's this invitation. For thus says the Lord, the Holy One has said, in repentance and rest you will be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. There's that invitation for us to come. And I just tell you this, people like me, who in years past, who could get by by sucking it up and just going, no longer can exist. It can't make it. In this age to come, in this season come, it's a time of difficult time, but it's a time of intimacy into the heart of God. The only way to make it. Oh, you can survive I'm talking about overcoming with the power and revelation of God. You're hearing the heartbeat of God. So it's a relationship of rest. Rest. Uh, and I'm just going to be real with you all, guys. Uh, it's been an interesting season for me. Um, crazy season. A couple of, a couple of uh, about three weeks ago, I was in Big Stone Gap dealing with the situation down in Big Stone. And... and uh, and it was, as, you know, it was an interesting situation that I had to deal with. It wasn't one of those pleasant times. Anyway, I was there on a Wednesday, uh, Wednesday night, and I stayed, spent the night with Tim and Julie and got up next morning, and there I'm in the, I'm in the bedroom, you know, studying really early in the morning, and uh, all of a sudden I get a text from Craig and Chris, Craig from Craig Westhoff, who's in 
England, and he asked me about somebody from overseas coming to be able to come to dwelling place and come to Paul and I and stay with Paul and I, and uh, could they come over and stay, or, you know. And I, I promise you, what happened was, in the next few minutes, was just crazy for me. I just checked out. I could not respond to Craig's text. And I'm going, what is going on? I mean, I literally could not respond to his text. And so I'm going, God, what is going on? And all of a sudden, the Lord started speaking to me. Spoke two things to me back to back, quick. He said, first off, you're in depression, Rick. And the second thing he said was he quoted Matthew eleven twenty eight to me, which is on the back of your sheet. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He said, come. He said, come. I just <laughs> cried like I'm doing right now, only a whole lot worse. And then I said, well, I can suck it up. I know what to do. And God said, no, you humble yourself. So I called, I called uh, Tulio and I said, all right, Tulio, here's the bit. Called Tom and just told him and then I shared with the elders. Of course, I shared it with Paula. And I said, y'all, I have to, some things have got to change in my life. So I took a sabbatic for a week. And, <laughs> but it wasn't a sabbatic. All I did was didn't do any ministry. All I did was work. I had six different tax returns I had to get done. So I got that done. Praise God. Yes. That's enough to make anybody depressed. <laughs> and then started dealing with the other stuff. And, but anyway, the whole thing in it was just coming to me, coming to this relationship of rest. I was just saying, come Rick, it's okay, come. You know, I'll give you rest. And so in this place, y'all, is uh, if you would turn me well, it's in on the page. It's upside up up there, Psalm thirty-two, verse six, where it talks about let him who is godly seek thee in a time, in a time when you may be found. For surely in a flood of great waters they will not reach him. See, relationship is that place of, that establishes the refuge. See, you can't have it's very difficult to, to go ref, hiding in the presence of God if you haven't established the relationship. You know, it's true in the physical. You're not, when you get massively hurting, you only go to the place that you know is safe, where there's the relationship. Relationship establishes the refuge, and that's what God's saying. That's what, what was going on with Peter and John. John knew. John probably was not the one freaking out. In fact, I know John was not freaking out when all of a sudden Jesus said, one of you is going to betray me. John's going, ain't me. I know that much. <laughs> and Peter knew it. So who is it? And this relationship arrest is not a place of inactivity either. In John 13, 25, when Peter asked him, it's interesting to me, look at John's response. So Peter asked him the question, 
And then he said, it says, when Jesus said, what about a, what about a gesture to him? There you go. He said, that is one whom he, well, I'm sorry, that's too far. Can you back up one? Thank you so much, Sydney, for bearing with me. Notice what it says. So Simon gestured him and said to him, tell us who it is of whom he's speaking. Notice what he says. Leaning back. That's on Jesus' bosom, he said to him. In this place of, of relationship of rest, it's not a place of inactivity. It's a place of, of stepping into. Let him who is godly seek thee in a time when you may be found. It's that place of stepping into the Lord's heart so that you can hear the revelation that you need into that place. But again, it's a place, it's a time to seek the Lord before it happens. And that's what God's been saying to me. In fact, this theme is all throughout the book of John. It's in this place that I know good and well, if you ask Kinsey a while ago, if she probably paid attention, that when she, if you noticed how Kinsey had her head on Mitch's chest, I guarantee Kinsey could probably tell you she could hear her dad's heartbeat. And you think about this. Look in John chapter 1, verse 18, about Jesus. Why, does Jesus, why did John hang out on Jesus' breast? Because you know what? He knew something. Because that's what Jesus did. In John 1, 18, it says, No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God, this is cool, declaration of the deity of Jesus, the only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him. That's where John knew to do this. Somehow he knew that this is what Jesus did. In fact, he's probably heard it in his heart. I don't know, what does it sound like to listen to Jesus' heart? Did it sound just like John recognized, oh, this is just not your heart. This is the Father's heart also. Where did you get that? Oh, you had your head on the Father's heart. It's a place of innocence. It's a place of Jesus. It's a place of relationship of rest. The most intimate place. We were singing about it this morning. Seeing his face. Just y'all, there's one phrase different than what I was preaching this morning. May I see your beauty. May I see your beauty. But it's even more you can't see it because your face is hidden in his, face, in his chest. What is this place? Of, it's also a place of revelation. Receiving revelation. And notice the important thing in it is that, like I already said, John knew some stuff that Peter didn't know. Not the religious. Peter's the mighty man of God. He's the man who was able to get things done. But he's going, John, tell me what's on Jesus' heart. Who is this he's talking about? Who is it? Because in the place of intimacy is the place of revelation. What does 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 8, 1 through 3 say? Where it says... Now concerning things sacrificed to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge may be arrogant, but love edifies. If anyone thinks he knows something, supposes that he knows anything he has not yet known as he ought to know, but if anyone loves, that's intimacy. He's known by God. See, 
Relationship establishes revelation. Also, it's important to catch is that in the depth of the heart, there's a freedom to ask. Peter couldn't ask. Jesus, John felt free to ask. I mean, it's kind of cool. Here they are, and that's the way they would eat back. They would eat in the Middle Eastern custom in that time. They would lay around the table. And so Peter's just back here laid, laid out like this, back in hanging out with Jesus. Oh, this is a cool place to be, you know. And Peter's going, so Peter leans, John leans forward off of Jesus. Probably Jesus is looking over here. Who is it? I don't know. I'll find out. <laughs> Who are you talking about? <laughs> What's this? What's this? Free to ask. Peter's not free to ask. Jesus is free to ask. I mean, John's free to ask. Jesus is free to ask. <laughs> and uh, there's something that God add, told me to add into this. I just want to ask you to notice this. And I'll have, Sydney doesn't have the slide for it, but it was in, in 13, in 13, uh, I'm sorry. Where did I go? Oh, yeah. The disciple looking at one another said, you know, at a loss of which one he was speaking, reclining, there was reclining on Jesus' breast one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Obviously, we know that J John referred to himself, and Tony prayed, talked this a while ago, and I really, that was so cool what Tony said. I'm God's favorite. Did y'all catch it? Well, what, what was the deal about that? Do you think... John knew that Jesus loved all the other disciples? Yeah, he said in John 3, 16, for God so what? That he gave his only begotten son. So he declared that truth. But the thing was, is what one of the crucial things about going in to the heart of Jesus, one of the most crucial things about this revelation is receiving the revelation. One of my convictions is, is that John received it and Peter didn't. In First Corinthians, Peter chapter one, verse sixteen and seventeen. Sorry, Sydney, I didn't have this one for you, but it makes this statement. Peter now says something <laughs> later on, and he says this. He talks about Jesus that we were eyewitnesses when he received glory and honor from the majestic one. He received. See. Jesus had declared, for God so loved the world that he gave. I'm coming. God commended his love for us. And then while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You can hear that and not what? Receive it. So I just want to say this. In these times ahead, in these difficult times ahead, God's going to be saying a lot of stuff. He's going to be saying it in the quietness of his heart. In fact, it may be in between the, the heartbeats. Of God he's gonna say these things and the question is you go oh that's it that's it one of my favorite testimonies and I've probably said it here one time Paul and I went to visit this church just when we were doing campus ministry work and there was a there was a young guy that who's going to our campus ministry and that we saw we saw there that night at that church service 
And uh, we saw him around, and he's, after the service ended, and he's walking around. I go, what are you doing, Alan? And he goes, God's got something for me, and I haven't gotten it yet. And so you know how people hang around the church. He just kept walking around. I, I, I watched him out of the corner of my eye, and he'd keep talking to people. He'd keep going. It's like a, it was like a, a honeybee. And, and then uh, and probably he went off for 15, 20 minutes. And finally he comes by me and he goes, I got it. I can go. <laughs> In other words, he had this mindset, I want to receive. Being at the heart is just all about receiving. Another interesting thing is, is that I just want to tell you about hearing in this time, there is this place that your senses are trained to discern good from evil. Your senses are trained. Notice this, when Jesus responds to John, notice what he says in verse 26. He doesn't say, it's Judas. He doesn't just tell him straight out. In fact, Jesus being a, you know, a faithful guy, he very seldom says something with an answer. He always, he always had a tendency, you ask him a question, he'll ask a, answer you with a question. That's Jesus. But notice what Jesus said. This is the one to whom I dip the morsel and give it to him. So he dipped the morsel and gave it to Judas. You know what? Nobody, you read two verses later, none of the other disciples knew who it was. Only John, and John, one heard, but then he recognized what it was that Jesus told him had happened. See, there's a number of times in my life that Paul and I have asked the Lord for things, direction, not for things, but for direction on things. And it was important for me to recognize what Jesus was doing. In other words, we're like the Spirit. It's like the wind. Those who are born in the Spirit are like the wind. Don't know where they're coming from or where you're going. What's the wind? Hear, feel, and see its effects. Here Peter, here John knew who it was that was going to betray Jesus because he recognized, he saw what Jesus had said, and he saw what Jesus was doing. So God's calling us in this place, in this time, to be in that place of intimacy with him. Jared, Leanne, I know Leanne's got something to add on this. Jared, go ahead. See if I can uh, talk without losing it. Oh. You can, uh, just the atmosphere today of just such a tenderness of God. Um, even since I walked in, uh, we were getting here. We got here a little bit late today, but uh, you walked in and you just felt this, the heaviness of God just drawing. Of just the, the easiness of God, of all the questions swirling through the room of God, what are we doing? God, what do you want to do? God, what should I do? And all you felt from the response of God was just the gaze of God, like a gaze of a father sitting across the room and looking at his kid. The gaze that draws you in that you just want to come sit with him. I watch my kids constantly and they're running around trying to be productive and trying to do stuff and learn stuff. And all I want most of the time is for them to come and sit with me. I watch them do things, and I'm excited for them, but I want them to come and sit with me. And they come, and they sit, and they rest on me. And there's such a place you can just feel it today of God just drawing people. 
And I know it's hard sometimes. You don't feel like you have the strength to take another step. You don't even know if you take a step, if there's anything going to be there. It doesn't even feel like God's asking us to get to any kind of result. But He's just asking us to take a step. It doesn't matter how small the movement is. Something that I keep learning with God is that it doesn't matter how big it is, how big my faith is, how big my questions are. If I take a small movement, He closes the gap. It's a small movement, and He closes the gap. There was a song that for a long time I used to listen to. This girl started singing it one time, just spontaneously came out, and she would say, you move at the sound of my voice. And God gave me revelation that it's not the words that come off my tongue that move Him. It's when the sound begins to come off my tongue, He moves. It's not even the words that I say. It's not when they become clear. It's not how how good or how articulate my words are, but when I begin to make sound towards Him, He moves. He's moved by my sound. He's moved by the fact that I'm taking a step to make sound. He moves. I do stuff with my kids all the time. You know, at night, we'll lay in bed, and I'll have them lay in there, and I'll say, just close your eyes. And they close their eyes, and I say, okay, I'm going to pray. And sometimes we'll hold our right hand up, and sometimes we hold our left, and sometimes we close the left side of our nose, and sometimes we lay with our mouth open and our tongue hanging out. And I'll just pray, and I'll say, God, let us feel your love. Can we smell your love today? And I'll have them smell with the left side of their nose and tell me what they smell. Or I'll say, stick your left hand in the air and just leave it open and say, God, let us feel your love today. And I'll have them reach with their left hand and just try to feel something and then explain to me what they feel and ask God what it is. And if I eat it or if I touch it, what's the effect on my life? Because I want them to understand that it's real for them. I want them to understand that they can interact with it all the time. That the, the love of God is heavy. It smells. It tastes. It's got a feel to it. It's got a sound to it. There's such an intense drawing of God towards a love. The verse has been running through my head for weeks. The love of many will grow cold. And it talks about in Matthew that when this, as the spirit of lawlessness increases, that the love of many will grow cold. And God has been running that through my mind over and over and over and over. And it feels like that there's a big push right now towards tolerance. That if you tolerate things, that you're showing love to people. And God is, it feels like God is trying to draw a line between tolerance and love. He's wanting to draw a real clear picture of what love and tolerance are. Um, <laughs> she'll come back. <laughs> um, and I, as I interact a lot, um, one of the things that I'm starting to realize... And as my, <laughs> no, as I, <laughs> as I interact with people, I'm starting to realize that people are really getting tired of being tolerated. People have this hunger. They want to come somewhere that somebody's going to show love to them. People want to be loved. They want to be known. They want to come somewhere that they can find rest and come and be themselves and that they can be exposed and that people will know them. People are getting really, really tired. I feel it all the time. Everywhere I go, they're really tired of just being accepted and all their stuff being accepted. They want to be loved. I think Leanne's got some things that much more articulately speak to uh, 
Um, but I just, um, even as Rick was teaching over there, like I just felt like I was going to lose it all the time. Um, just such an intense place of God just drawing. Jared said something about uh, there's a pressure to, of tolerance rather than discover the depth of love. Things happened last week. I don't know if you knew this, but I was just really messed up after, during Sunday morning last week, particularly about the race thing, just really messed up. So I've just been pressing into God's heart. And I sat down this last week with a black brother who's not a part of our body, totally outside the sphere of influence in there, and I'm going, okay, let's talk. And I'm just pressing into the heart of God in relationship to this, and God you know, just massive revelation into my heart about catching the heart of another person. Seeing things from the standpoint, you know. And, uh, and that's what Jared's talking about, hearing the heart of God, and particularly in race. And so... Hmm. Um, I was taking care of Eva last night. And so when I, during worship this morning, I kind of went back to the place of taking care of Eva last night. And she woke up. She was asleep, and she woke up, and she was crying. And I started just to hold her and rock her and just kind of sing to her a little bit. And she put her hand up on my jaw. And when we were worshiping here um, this morning about, you know, just gazing into your face and beautiful, beauty, beauty, beautiful, glory, glory, glorious, I was overwhelmed by the idea that Eva was getting to know my face. And she was getting to know my heartbeat. And she was taking cues from my heart and my voice on what she was to do. And because she was taking cues, she fell back asleep. Because all I was doing was just standing there. And I was, I actually was praying in tongues because I don't know kids' songs. (laughs) I just started praying in tongues. And just a a simple song came, and I literally think the two of us started just to enjoy the presence of the Lord and just sit in that place. And this morning during worship, I just, I felt like that there was probably three ways that the the Holy Spirit was moving and ministering. And I'm sorry I'm distracted. There's, There's so much... I cry. There's just glory in the room. He's just, there's so much glory in the room, just the goodness. Joe said it, that there's goodness in the land of the living. We need to glimpse and catch our cue from the Lord, not the things that are around us. And the difficulty is that some of us need to to figure out that it's okay to be a kid in the arms of the Lord because you have never experienced what it's like to be held like Eva in my arms. I mean, she does it much better in her parents' arms, but just to go back to sleep. Do you know that? Because, you know, when a dog is running and you ever see a dog running towards a kid and a kid immediately goes to their parents and you lift them up? What cue do you think that child gets when they lift him up? Utter protection, right? That parent's heartbeat is going, did this dog going to hurt my child? But the child hears a heartbeat that says, I love you. I will protect you. 
See, that's the intimacy that we need to feel with the Lord, not grow up, kid, figure it out, kid, right? But then there's some of us in the room that have grown up in the Lord, and we're waiting for somebody else to hear and tell us the truth. We're waiting for somebody else to pay the cost, to get on the breast of Jesus, to hear what I'm supposed to hear. Because I am his favorite. And so there's some of us in the room that need to let go being Peter and decide to be John. Right? Some of us had horrible childhoods and we just need to get before the Father as a child. And we need to be released to be able to do that this morning. Take that small step as a child. And there's some of us that need to stop being Peter and choose to be John. And then there's some of you that have gone to the heart of Jesus like John and your disappointment and your hurt is distracting you from hearing. You know how to lean and you know how to pray. But the pain of this world has overtaken your ability to have discernment. I totally feel like the Holy Spirit has a desire to woo you and bring you in and ask you to come in through one of those doorways. You know, one thing that Jared was sharing that we talked about is Jesus is a doorway. I had an experience in Paris a long time ago, and some of you have heard it. But I had someone ask me, who is Jesus to you? Profound? I didn't know that I was being profound. (laughs) But what I said to him is, Jesus is not just my savior. He's the doorway to my father's heart. And he looked at me and he said, Leanne, that is the key to the nations. You are a door, and so is everyone else that knows Jesus. You are the door to someone's, to the Father's heart for someone. It is important that we get on the breast of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Because that's where all the mysteries are. That's where all the strategy is. Somebody asked me the other day, they're like, how do you know all this wisdom and strategy? And I was like, I say Jesus a lot. (laughs) I say Jesus a lot. Because he is my doorway to my Father's heart. And that's that Thursday morning on the way back. All I could do was just, Rest on Jesus' heart. He said, come. So I guess what? It's a miracle I made it all the way back from Big Stone back. Because that was many, much of the trip was just spent fighting through the windshield wipers and my tears. And so I agree with Leanne Robbie. You don't, you don't ever need to feel pressure to stay. If you got things going on, please feel free to go. And I just... Just want to take a minute. I just felt like the Lord, the, and people have already done it. I just felt like the Lord was just saying, you know, part of me just wanted to say, you know, get a big line of people up here and get to pray. But I felt like the Lord was just saying, there's an opportunity for you just to transact on what Leanne was saying. You could just come up. I just want you to, if you just need to come up and get near to the heart of God, I just felt like the step is just to step out from where you're at. If, that, if that's you this morning, if any of those calls for you this morning, just step out and come up and get close to the heart of God. Just you and Him. You and Him in the bosom and the heart of God. 
just a, as there's an opportunity. I'm just going to open up the laminate. It's already open, but I'm just going to open it up to this call just to come and just get close. Whether you want to sit, kneel, come up to the altar, just just stand, raise your hand. It doesn't matter. It's just, not, it's just the expression that God wants to do in the house. Lord, I just thank you. Just as the worship team is just going to keep playing that song, I just, I just want to just offer just a few more minutes, just a couple more minutes, just an opportunity for you to transact, because I felt like the Lord is just saying today is a day of to draw near to the throne of grace, to receive mercy and grace in time of need. And, and if we're going to go through difficult times, we're going to have to know how to get to the throne of grace, to get to the heart of God, to receive those things in time of need. And so I just encourage you, just come. If, that, if you need to respond today, just come. Just come and, and, and just rest in Him. Get revelation up here from Him. From Him. From Him. From Him. And then we might minister in and out of that, but I just I felt like the Lord's saying He's offering some revelation and some rest today. So Lord, we just receive it today. However you want to receive that. If you want to get out, if you just want to raise your hands, if you want to kneel, whatever. Just receive it. Can we just sing that phrase, you're my source, that whole little, that little place? It's just, just sing that over us, Robbie. Just receive this, receive this. Yeah, Lord. Yeah, Lord. Yes, you're our source, God. Mm.
Thank you, Father. Yeah, Lord. You know, one of the uh, one of the things that's been striking me, even as we talked on Friday, is that uh, I love how John wrote about himself in that passage. John said, "The one who Jesus loved." Yeah. John wrote that about himself. When John defined himself, he defined himself as the one who Jesus loved. Um, it wasn't the one who was going to gain revelation. It wasn't the one who was. You know, meant to change the world or any of those things. All those things are true. But all those things are true because John had defined himself as the one who Jesus loved. You see, there's places that John's called the beloved. I always think it's interesting that John's the one that calls himself that. That definition, that definition came from him. The beloved. I love it with Daniel that there's multiple times that angels came to Daniel and they said, man who is greatly beloved of God. It wasn't man who holds all the mysteries or man who understands all the dreams. It's man who's greatly beloved of God. God, I just ask that You would define us, God. Our definitions of ourselves, God, that You would define us as ones that are greatly loved of God. The beloved. The ones in whom Jesus loves. God, I know that we can't give love until we receive love. I can only give what I get. God, I just ask for a definition change for us today, God within our hearts, God, that we'll understand that we're the ones that are greatly loved of You, God, individually, corporately, God, but individually. Greatly loved, God. Not just a little bit. Greatly loved. Just, uh, just want to, just put your hand on your heart this morning. Just as we close, I just want to.
pray this prayer, Lord, just as close as our hand is to our heart, Lord, that we be that close to you this week, God. And Lord, that it would start something in us, Lord, that just wants to be there, God, wants to be there, God, hearing your heart, Lord, hearing from your voice, God, if if we have a body, Lord, a, a bride, Lord, that that's that close, Lord, there's nothing that, Lord, that, that would stop, Lord God, this body from being your bride, from the fullness of what you declared into us, Lord, because we'll hear from you, we'll know you, we won't have to have somebody else, Rick Sizemore to stand up here and talk, which is awesome because there's revelation, but God, it'll be because we can also hear from the revelation of you, each one of us, God, because we're each one of us is your favorites, Lord. I, I couldn't understand that until I had four kids and they're all my favorite. I don't, I don't know how that works, but they're all my, they're each of my favorite in their own particular way. And God, thank you that we're all your favorites and we can draw near to the throne of grace this morning and every morning and every night to receive that grace to take us to places we can't get to and the mercy. Lord, when we fall, may, may have fallen short of the mercy to take us to places. So, Lord, we just thank you, Father. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for, God, just that your faithfulness to walk us, Lord, in this place, the grace for your presence. And so, Lord, as we go, Lord, I just pray that, Lord, we'll, we'll be those Johns, Lord. We'll, we won't be, we'll exchange the Peters for John, not just for this moment. Lord, Peter, there's nothing wrong with Peter, but, God, we just want, we want to be Johns, Lord. We want to be those men and women and children, Lord, that draw near to the heart. And that we know that we are, just as Jared said, loved of God. And there's not going to be anybody that takes that from us because we've heard it from you. Heard it from you. Not just because we've sung it in children's songs. It's not because we've heard it all our lives from preachings. But it will be because we've heard it from your heart. So, Lord, we love you. We thank you for this morning. And we bless you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to encourage you. If you want to, worship team is going to keep playing for just a few minutes. Can I, if I can have the um, prayer team, the healing teams over here to my left, your right. If anybody wants prayer for healing, feel free to come grab some of that as well. Have a great week. Draw close to him this week.